I'm Joanna Rowell and this is the Grok Science Show. So I recently graduated with my PhD from the University of Chicago. And before my graduation, I'd been working full-time as a bench scientist for about eight years, and before that off and on as an undergraduate and high school research technician for four to five years. I've worked in cancer biology labs, in nanotech labs, dentistry labs, and in an archaeology lab where we used ancient stone tools to grind the flesh off a raw deer hide, and uh, for the longest stretch by far in a neuroscience lab. And throughout, what I really learned is that science isn't cheap. And I learned this lesson particularly well when I was a senior grad student in my PhD lab. So I was doing pretty much all of our labs ordering, and it really amazed me how much we would spend in a single day. We had this one particularly memorable reagent, which we'll call reagent Kaching, which cost $444 for 20 microliters. So 20 microliters is the same as point. 00002 liters, so that would make reagent Kaching over $22 million per liter. Reagent Kaching worked really well and, and we loved it, so it was worth the price, but then one day um, it stopped working. We had many failed reactions, we got angry, we cursed, we did a lot of troubleshooting, we planned elaborate control experiments, we called the company and they said, well, we don't know what you're talking about, our product, did, our product is great. And then one day, we discovered another company that sells pretty much the same thing for a quarter of the price, and the only difference was that um, this one worked. And unfortunately, this waste of time and money is a pretty common story in biology research. So my guest today, his name is Tom Ruginis, and he's the founder of a new company called Happy Labs. And the, the goal of this company is to help scientists find higher quality ingredients for reasonable prices. I asked Tom, why is it so hard to figure out the right scientific reagent and equipment to buy? The problem is that there is not reliable information out there about this stuff, about the quality of scientific supplies, where it's manufactured, how much it costs, or what a fair price is. So what Happy Labs is doing is we're building this community of scientists, this network of scientists. And we're going out and we're asking their opinions on um, what brands are they buying, uh, what are their opinions on that brand, uh, has it helped their experiments? Has it um, hurt their experiments? Caused failed experiments? And then we ask them, what are they paying for this stuff? And have you have that centralizes this information and kind of organizes it into our own database? And basically, we just give it back to the scientists. So basically, Tom asks scientists which brands they prefer, and he centralizes all that information within Happy Labs. And thanks to our worldwide interconnected interweb, he can collect this information from labs all over the world. Collect information from someone in a lab in San Francisco, a lab in New Hampshire, a lab in Florida, a lab in Chicago. We put it all together, and then we give it back to them, and we say, hey, based on the scientific community's feedback, this is the best brand of centrifuge, and this is what you should be paying. Or this is the best brand of a pet tip. I asked Tom to give me an example of how a centralized database of information on lab equipment price and quality can help scientists save money. Yeah, so we have um, a lab at University of Illinois, Chicago, 
they go through a lot of gloves, nitrile gloves. Mm-hmm. They go through a lot of stuff, but we focused on gloves because, um, so we, we, we asked them what they were paying for all the stuff in their lab. They gave us this big Excel spreadsheet, and we were able to go line item by line item and compare um, or look at their pricing for every item. And then we saw for gloves, for whatever reason, they're paying an extraordinary high price. So we kind of looked into that. We estimated how many cases of nitrile gloves they have uh, they purchased per year. And, um, and we went out and we re- renegotiated with um, the company that they were buying gloves from. And then we got quotes from some other companies that sell the exact same gloves. And what we ended up doing as um, one of the companies who sold the exact same glove gave us a much lower cost um, than what this lab was previously paying. And over the course of the year, based on how many gloves they bought in the last 12 months, it equaled $1,300 in savings. So simply just by renegotiating or helping them find a better price on, on just gloves, right. um, we, we helped them save $1,300 over the course of the year. Happy Labs went on to study this lab's other supplies like their pipette tips and continue to help them save money. So you might ask, so what? So what if labs are saving $1,300 per year on gloves? Why should I care? Well, Tom explained that these savings can result in more science funding going towards research rather than going towards research supplies. So more of that money will be going towards making discoveries on uh, cancer treatments or the like. But if you look at the NIH, they have approximately 66,000 grants. And then the NSF as well has um, $7 billion in grants. All together, those two organizations fund about $38 billion per year in research. Um, If we go per lab, we estimate 8 to 10% savings on lab supplies. We're looking at $60 million in savings um, on that NIH NSF budget, that $38 billion. We can probably cut costs by $60 million. Um, we estimate, and uh, so we, we got to do a bigger scale to figure that out for sure, but we're pretty confident that it's, it's $60 million we can go after. And so we saved NSF $60 million, uh, and think about all the you know, research you can fund with that, and the amount of R01s and other grants that can be funded. So far we've talked a lot about saving money, but how does Happy Labs increase the quality? Well, when you want to find a good vendor of, say, pizza, you might look to Yelp for a recommendation for a good pizzeria in your area. But there's no Yelp for lab supplies, where scientists can create accounts and post things like, this brand of tube leaks, or these gloves give off some powder that gets in my experiments, or this centrifuge makes horrible noises and walks off through walls. Anyway, so I asked Tom if Happy Labs can help scientists find this kind of information so they know which products are the best for them. Now then, there's the whole quality issue with these supplies. So there are there were two papers, in, what, one in 2008, one in 2010, published in Science and Biotechnique that um, highlighted the fact that a lot of lab supplies, specifically plastic lab supplies, um, they're manufactured with chemicals, and these chemicals are, are leaching into um, the sample. Mm. So you're using pipette chips or a micro centrifuge tube made of plastic, and there are companies that make this stuff that don't take quality control very seriously. And so what you get are these low-quality supplies that are harming 
the potential for good data. They're, they're limiting the potential for good data and that they're introducing chemicals and other variables that could influence your results. And so we created this website to help us identify brands that are causing problems for scientists. So it, it could be, you know, trying to identify if there's some chemical leaching out of your microcentrifuge tube into your sample is very difficult, right? But there's other things such as does your pipette fit your pipetter? Does the tube hold a seal? Does your glove rip or not? And yep. so we built this website that allows scientists to go in, um, sign up, log in, and then you can write reviews about the brands that you're using. And then the idea is that you write this review and you share it with other scientists. So you can already see that one of the goals of Happy Labs is to create a community of scientists where scientists can help each other using, for example, this Yelp-like service for science supplies. Another way that Happy Labs is helping the local community of scientists, in Chicago at least, is by creating paid internships that Tom is calling micro-jobs. We're hiring what I'm calling micro-jobs. We're creating micro-jobs. So you know, we're, we're still a really small company, and we do not have the funds to hire multiple people full-time. Mm -hmm. But we do have the funds to multiply or to hire one person full-time. However, I don't like that. I, I want to give more people opportunities, um, especially scientists looking to get out of the lab. Mm -hmm. And so instead of creating one full-time job, I've created basically six micro-jobs. So I'm, I'm hiring, Hyper Labs is hired people for six to ten hours a week, um, from grad students and postdocs mainly to unemployed scientists looking for work. So we're providing them with a little opportunity to get some extra money um, to build their resume and then to meet other scientists. Another thing that Happy Labs is trying to do is they're trying to make labs more sustainable. So when I worked in a microbiology lab, we went through insane amounts of plastic every day. Because in, in our lab, you could only use the plastic tips and tubes once due to risk of contaminating our samples. So we were constantly throwing away so much trash, and it always struck me that it was very wasteful. So I asked Tom if Happy Labs was trying to help reduce lab waste. So one of our um, initiatives uh, we would call sustainability, making labs more green. That's an issue. You can talk to any uh, scientist that's working in a lab, uh, life sciences especially, and the amount of plastic that they consume on a daily basis is um, getting out of control, and, and scientists know it. Mm -hmm. And these consumables, scientists are using all the time. So they're purchasing all the time, either weekly or monthly. And so then in addition to the actual supplies, you have the shipping, uh, packaging, mm -hmm. uh, cardboard boxes, plastic wrap, the, the peanuts, um, the, the frozen packaging is, is, a, is a big problem. So you have these big styrofoam containers. They're filled with ice packs, and no one's collecting or offering to recycle that we know of anyways, um, this stuff. And, um, you know, it's, so you have all of this waste that's happening in labs, and there are very few people or organizations trying to do anything about it. And, um, and so we're trying to um, change that. Thank you so much for listening. And if you want to hear more, check us out on grox.net, Facebook, and Twitter. 
from everyone here at the Grok Science Show, including Charles Lee, Frank Ling, and Forrest Golden, I'm Joanna Rowell. Have a wonderful week, and keep on grokking. We're all connected to each other, biologically, to the Earth, chemically, to the rest of the universe, atomically. I think nature's imagination is so much greater than man's. He's never going to let us relax, relax, relax. We live in an in-between universe where things change all right, but according to patterns, rules, or as we call them, laws of nature. I'm this guy standing on a planet. Really, I'm just a speck. I'm just a speck compared with a star. The planet is just another speck. To think about all of this, to think about the vast emptiness of space. There's billions and billions of stars. Billions and billions of specks. The beauty of a living thing is not the atoms that go into it, but the way those atoms are put together. The cosmos is also within us. We're made of star stuff. We are a way of the cosmos to know itself. Across the sea of space, the stars are other suns. We've traveled this way before.